How long did you run for yesterday? Two, two hours or 2.15 yeah. something. Welcome to Cross Pass, the brand new UTMB World Series podcast. Each month, two trail runners, one elite and one amateur, will meet and discuss what trail running means to them. In their conversation, they'll also reveal what drives them in life and how they express it on the hills. They will share their common passions, interests, beliefs, and get to know each other along the way. And so will we. In this first episode, we welcome top Swedish elite runner Peter Engdahl. In 2022, Peter won the 100km CCC race at the UTMB Mont Blanc in less than 10 hours. He also has an impressive UTMB index of 921. Peter is joined by Daud Kassi, a French outdoor enthusiast and father of two, and the pair met in Geneva right after a schemo race that they both took part in. They spoke about their inspirations, how to balance work and their passion for the mountains, the love for their families, a twisted ankle, and of course, Bruce Springsteen. We hope you'll enjoy this privileged moment where they cross paths. Hey dude, <laughs> ça va? Good morning, Peter. Ça va, ça va. Ça Et toi? Va? Ah. Did you go for a run this morning? Uh, no, not yet. No, no. not uh, yet. So yes. you will go. Yeah, exactly. I'm here in uh, Geneva with my teammate uh, Hugo Deck. Uh, we will go up in the mountains here outside from Geneva in the afternoon. You're 28. You're Swedish and based in Norway. Exactly. Live in uh, Romsdal in Norway. Really love the country there and I moved to Norway three years ago. And you, you are based in Annecy? Based in Annecy and I grew up... Uh, in Les Contamines, which is yep. in between Megève and Chamonix. Yes, it's where you start to get a little bit tired during the UTMB race, I guess. You study industrial design, is it still the case? Or? Yes, so I'm at my third year at uh, industrial design at NTNU in Norway. And uh, now it's more studying from a distance. I um, lived in Trondheim last year and then now it's a little bit more flexible with studies and uh, so on. So. I could move to Romstal, where I live and train now, so that I can have better conditions for training. Trondheim is a really nice city, but it's not ideal for trail running. So I decided to like move there during the winter and see if I liked it. And I really did. I have uh, training a lot with Kilian Drone and uh, Jonathan Albon in the area. So it's just perfect for training, but it works really well with the studies. Do you ski as much as you run in winter or what's what's the share between running and, and skiing in, in winter? In, in the winter is yeah, mostly skiing. If it's good conditions, then it's uh, the base of the training is uh, skiing, Nordic skiing and ski mountaineering. This year it's been more ski mountaineering, but I still run maybe 40k a week having some flat run either on the treadmill or on the asphalt. And now the last weeks I started to run a little bit more uphills and in the trails where it's better conditions, but mostly skiing. And for you? For me, it's working. I yeah. have a normal job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and I love it. I love working. And I managed to go running at lunchtime because I work for a running company and skiing company in, in Annecy. So we all get to go running at lunchtime, which is really nice. I ride my bike to work every day, which is good training, putting the kids in the trailer. So that's a, a daily training and, uh, and I get to ski sometimes for work 
and every weekend anyway so in winter it's fully skiing either with the kids and the wife they are all very keen grew yep. up skiing so yep. it's a it's a mountain family i would say so That's i'll nice. get to enjoy it different than you like in a different way but I enjoy it a lot yeah and i share lots of good moments with them Talking about skiing, like uh, when did you decide that you wanted to do uh, Pieramenta? That uh, was uh, we met uh, very quickly during uh, the last stage of uh, Pieramenta. It's a very famous uh, ski mountaineering race here in France. How was your experience? Experience was amazing. It was never a dream, but since I was a kid, we all hear about the Pieramenta. When you grow up in the mountain, Pieramenta is a myth. Yeah. It's like something only good almost crazy people do like running up the mountains and skiing for four days on the ridge one colleague at work who asked me one day after lunch run like i really want to do pyramenta could you come with me all right let's do this you started as a cross-country skier and you said you still cross-country ski what made you move from cross-country to mountaineering or or running what what's driving you to to, to keep uh, like to change to not do only cross-country skiing Even though it's both skiing, it's two completely different ways of skiing. In Nordic skiing, you're going more short hills, up and down. I think for me now, I'm mostly focusing on trail running. Ski mountaineering is more close to trail running. You're doing long ascents and just climbing uphill for a long time. You get that kind of endurance easier on skimo uh, skis, I think, than Nordic skiing is more like explosive, fast. It's a little bit like if you would compare running on the flat or cross country compared to like running in the mountains and having a lot of uh, ascent and descents. So I just wanted to try and see if uh, doing more ski mountaineering could bring something for my trail running. Does it? We will see. <laughs> It's my first winter <laughs> doing a ski mountaineering, so I guess we will see in a couple of months how it, uh, how it feels. But I feel like it's been very good training and I evolved a lot physically. And uh, yeah, we just have to wait and see. Cross country worked really well as well, but it was really motivating to do something new. And I decided for this year to not try to compete at the highest level at Nordic skiing anymore. Nordic skiing was my main sport, like what I wanted to race in the Olympics and uh, did uh, a few World Cups for the Swedish team. But um, at the end, my heart, I think, belonged to trail running, I guess. And it was there where I felt the most happy and in that uh, community and in those races and so on. So. And can you tell what, what makes you happy when you run? Like, what is it compared to cross-country skiing? What is so different? Because you could think that you're actually doing an effort that is a, a long effort in the nature yeah. anyway. It's, um, I guess, the simplicity of running, just going out wherever you are, take a pair of running shoes and just run. It's so amazing. You don't have to drive to ski and have uh, equipment and... Uh, so on i guess is one factor and then it's also the community of the trail running is really amazing i remember the first time when i went to sky running race or a trail running race that i just felt this is really special and you have so many who goes to the race not only to perform but just to 
run as fast as you can in the mountains and to do it for the view and for the pleasure and for to push themselves or for the food afterwards uh, but also to perform you have all these kind of different people going out and you have experienced something that you feel gives you something and yeah. that is really nice it's very mixed I yes. agree that you can meet people from everywhere and different background yeah it's exactly really nice. when was your first race uh, training race I did a lot of cross-country growing up, but the first proper trail running race was a small local race home in Sweden. And I just remember feeling it was so amazing to go out in the mountains and run with free speed. Like normally when I was running in the mountains, it was always slow and you just go for a hike or something. And then just, oh, now I can run fast as I wanted. And that was really cool. Then the next year I went to Limone Solgarda for uh, the Limone Sky Race, which was in the Sky Running series. And uh, after that, I was just hooked. I think it was uh, really cool. You started running for longer distance after that. Mm. Well, how did you choose yeah. to go for long distance like you did last year, uh, CCC, under 10 hours? I think uh, I have always had a curiosity for the longer events. When I started to follow the trail running scene and get into the sport, you immediately start to hear about the iconic race like UTMB and CCC and all these longer races. And it fascinated me really like, how can you run for this long? How would you feel? And uh, I gradually moved myself up in distance from each year. For me, it was really long to run 20, 4k i think the limon sky race was because in nordic skiing where i was competing we raced for 45 minutes to sometimes two hours at the 50k but no longer distances so still racing limona was really long and then i remember racing in sermat at the matterhorn tracks the year after doing a 50k and that was like huge i was uh, so tired afterwards and I thought like I can't run any longer than that but you you get a different mindset from each year and each experience and uh, I didn't want to move from running 20k to immediately to 100k so I gradually build myself up to it and is there a limit do you feel like there's a limit you yeah for go? sure yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, 100k was long but uh, I felt during the end of uh, CCC during UTMB, which is 100k from uh, Colmayeur to Chamonix. You run the second half of the UTMB course that I could probably continue a little bit more. I've always been fascinated about UTMB and the 100 miles distance and to see how the body feels after that. So, yeah, we will see. If we go back to the, your roots, what is your interest and place for sports when you were young? So I grew up in the mountains too, so I loved skiing, obviously alpine skiing first and then I switched to snowboarding for a long time I, I, and I still love snowboarding. I think I snowboard more often than I ski okay. uh, in the Alps, like when I go even touring with a split board. Uh, it's, it's quite easy to get access to bigger mountains thanks to the split boarding uh, technology and uh, the access it gives to the mountains now, so I love split boarding a lot still now and, and then I started running as a training too before winter when I was snowboarding with okay. friends I just enjoyed going out there you know when there's no snow on the ground you wonder what you're going to do the next day it's like I'm just really longing to see some snow on the ground what are we doing let's go for a run and we it will make the snow come for sure yeah and like you said you're now you're 
working for a sport brand in Annecy and doing a lot of stuff. You have a wife and you have a family. Like, how, how do you find the balance between the training and your personal life? I'm lucky enough to have a family that understands me and understand the need to go out almost every day and to not always practice as for competition, but just to get some fresh air. And as you said, I, I totally agree that running is the easiest way, especially trail running, because you're out of the city. It's the es- easiest way to escape and to go and find yourself on your own for half, like, could be an hour, two hours, ten hours, but it's a feeling I love and I need. Since they understand, I find the balance. Like, I look after the kids, then I go for a run, or I go early in the morning before I go to work, and uh, lunchtime, but we, you always find when it's the right balance. And do you go together as a family sometimes? Not running, they hate running. Oh, really? No, my son likes it. My wife doesn't like running at all, but okay. she likes skiing a lot. But I think my son would get onto running and we, we, we bike a lot together. So we ride our bikes, we go for bike tours all together on a day or two and enjoy the nature the same way. Do you think your kids will grow up to like running more or being, be skiing or so on? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm trying to not push them so they want to do it and they don't feel they have to. I think they I really want, would love them to take on cross-country skiing when they're very little because I think it's a great school and like you have to deserve your speed. Yeah. It's not like you're only going down and yet you can have fun. And I'm sure that... Was it fun, cross-country skiing, when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I I was grown up on skis and it was uh, always something I really enjoyed. As soon as the first snow came down, we were always out in the garden and skied around the house and made the tracks. So, uh, yeah, for me, skiing growing up was uh, the best, I think. And Nordic skiing is fun. Yes, it's really fun. Yeah, and that's what I want to to push them to. Their mom is a Nordic skier, so hopefully they'll take on this one day. Yeah. They'll accept to push and not only slide down. Because it's different than alpine skiing, for sure. For sure. If we go back to... The running, what do you think about when you're running, like when you come home from work or you have a, a weekend where you go out and run? What do you think about then? Are you listening to music or podcasts or do you just want to clear your mind during a hard week or why do you run? I escape. I want to escape everything. So there'll be no music, no podcast, no anything. And I'll probably just plan. It's, it's my moment of just going out, being on my own. And suffering a bit, I think it helps me as soon as I start suffering or, or putting a big effort, I have the feeling that my mind is escaping. And I think even tidy, tidy itself, like things are, are getting together when I run in my mind. Yeah. Really, when you've had a hard week, a hard day, as soon as you go running, I really have that feeling that things are yeah, getting fixed by themselves in your mind. I really like that feeling. Do you have a, a routine, a discipline that you stick to every day? No, not really. I was more structural and neat on how my day was going to look like before. But now I'm more flexible and especially in Norway where we live now, the conditions can be very varied. Sometimes it's storm, sometimes it's sunshine and sometimes it's uh, good for training. Sometimes it's really bad. So we... Me, John and Killian, when we plan our training together, we look at the week and see 
what days is good for intervals training, what days are good for long days out in the mountains. So uh, we are quite flexible in training and that I really like. The most important thing is to do the training. And if it's one day or another doesn't matter so much for me anymore, doing the training is the most important thing at the end. And do you vary sports even in summer? Do you ride bikes or do you manage to run? Like is, is running not too hard to run every day for your body, like physically? So this summer was the first time where I didn't uh, do any other sports, really. I do some climbing and a little bit of mountaineering, but still moving by foot. Before I did a lot more roller skiing. I was training for the winter, so I obviously had my roller skis with me wherever I went in the world. But now this summer I want to see how I felt to only run and how the body and the legs would cope with that. It's a different kind of impact on the body. You can't really do much hours as you maybe as I could before when I had the cross training. But uh, I felt like my running evolved a lot, especially like running economy, the conditionings for the legs and the neuromuscular things really evolved so it was really interesting now i only use the winter to ski to change the movement and to rest the legs a little bit from the impact of the hard running but now slowly changing so that it's uh, running skiing and then slowly transitioning to only be running back so, to the impact full-time exactly. impact <laughs> yes exactly it's different skiing is like you get really tired in the muscles but when you run you get destroyed yeah. <laughs> it's really different for mm. sure yeah have you been injured before because of this or, or not yet no not really uh, not any major injuries because uh, i either have been lucky or just good at listening to the body maybe yeah. and uh, uh, I would hope the the second thing, <laughs> maybe. Do you have to spend lots of time exercising like at the gym, like doing weights and squats and stuff to make sure you don't get hurt? Or does it work um, as it is? I used to be a lot in the gym. It's a big part of Nordic skiing, like to be strong and to be explosive, especially in the upper body. So I used to go like three, four times to the gym and doing a lot of uh, explosive exercises and core and so on. I think now in when I only do trail running, I just need to be strong enough, you know, to have a good body position and to stay physically healthy. So I do some climbing, some core and sometimes some like uh, jumps or agility and drills, like natural strength exercises. I don't really go to the gym and do bench press or this uh, heavy lifting that I did more before. I have a lot of strength still from my period as a Nordic skier, naturally. So what's the greatest mind blown on a race or the best experience you had during a race? Mm, I think the, the best experience running race was two years ago in the maxi race that you came second to. I yes. Think. Yes. Uh, I was there in, in 21 and um, the best moment was when I met my family right before the last hike. You know, the last one um, we can drink and have yeah. food. Then there's another a very last hike that's about, what, half an hour, I think. Mm. And it was getting long because it was that race we started at night because it was cancelled because of COVID. Okay. So Maxi was in October and we started at midnight. So most of the race was run in the dark. When the sun rise in the morning, it was almost the end and the family was there. 
and it was just bright in like my day was made there was no hike anymore in my mind i could just finish that race sprinting for an hour it made it super easy that's very easy yeah and it's funny how your mind just changed it was really tough just before and as soon as i saw these guys saying yeah it's almost the end just get up that mountain and then finish it It was like yeah that's easy that's amazing yeah it's it's funny how, how it really drives the mind I guess you go through very hard moments in, in a long race too. And, yeah. Uh, and what's your, what's your key mental, your, your mental key to go through these difficult times? Do you have tricks or? First of all, like try to think on what I need to do to drive me forward. Uh, yeah, it really depends on the situation, but uh, you have to stay calm and you have to stay focused during a, a long race and focus on what to do and not what other people are doing. Sometimes you get in those moments where you're just questioning everything you're doing and you feel super duper tired. But I just have to remember all those hours of training and the effort I've put into this event or this race and just sometimes just remember that it's crazy that I'm finally there like I'm in the middle of the mountains and this doing this race that I've trained for so long and just look up and see the views sometimes can really help and just forget that you're racing in a way and that gives me energy and it takes me back to a good place to again focus on what I have to do to perform or to run as fast as possible so I guess it's different tricks that you can use, but I think also I had the same experience as you during races where you see your crew or my family that gives you energy and you can be alone for one or two hours and then you suddenly see someone you love and then you like uh, your spirit just lifts a hundred times and then you can continue the rest. And that's really special about a lot of races during the UTMB week or other big races where there's people all the time, then it's difficult to have bad moments, <laughs> for sure. Can food help? Does food help? Is there food you take on a, on a, on a long trail? Food uh, always helps, yeah? I guess. So what's your little, f the food you, you take in your bag that nobody knows about and it's just like your secret food moment? I'm quite boring when it comes to food, I think. I have some gummy bears to like yeah, right. treat myself with. I have in the backpack just to yeah. take one or two every kilometer or so, like just to treat myself. But otherwise it's uh, more sports drink and gels that I know really works for me. But when I'm out training, then I sometimes don't use uh, gels and so on. Then I rather take uh, croissant or yeah. like uh, uh, some bread or a banana or... Mm homemade cookies or whatever something like something normal. something more normal that uh, especially if it's a long day then you want a lunch mm. almost and something more natural i think yeah okay is there any other athletes or people that inspires you in uh, work or in sport uh, that you looked up to as a kid, for example? I don't know if you've heard of Bernard Moitessier, no. French sailor, who was one of the first to complete what was before the Vendée Globe, you know, the round yep. the world race without yep. stop. He was a French guy who then decided to not go and cross the line, even if he was first. When he was sailing back up the Atlantic, 
he decided to just go back to another round the world and not go back to the society really okay and he wrote a book that's quite amazing i recommend it to you ah. it's really inspiring there's something about running too when you find yourself on your own and you think about all the society all the the crazy life we have and that guy the way he analyzes it is uh, inspiring and crazy but i love it yeah I, I really loved it so that that's somebody i would look up to and and more recently uh, I followed on uh, Charles Duboulot, Ascension of the Grand Joras in winter last year, the Rolling Stone part yeah. in winter. Well, that was crazy. He did this on his own February last year, I think. So minus 17, 20 degrees on his own, like bare hands in the Grand Joras. He's just achieved something that's, to me, unhuman. Like it's above human what he did. He's our age, your age, more than my age. He made a film of it too. It's called uh, From Shade to Sunlight because it's a North Face full on. Mm. He spent five days in it on his own. Almost had nothing to eat or drink. And just like, yeah, amazed. But to me, it's yeah above being human. It's crazy. Right. What, who were you looking up to when you were a kid? Ooh. I was, uh, of course, like looking up to some... Nordic skiers like Petter Nortug, of course. If you follow Nordic skiing, everybody in my generation has uh, looked up to Petter Nortug. He really changed the sport in uh, a lot of ways and made it uh, more popular for a very long time. And uh, I have so many good athletes that have inspired me to train in different ways. I can't really point a finger on just one except for Petter Nortug. Maybe like he was my idol when I when I was growing up. And then, of course, when I came into the trail running scene, I started to follow Kilian and Emily Forsberg and uh, Marco de Gasperi, Francois Dane, and all this legend in this sport, of course, that uh, really inspired me to continue in this sport also. But um, I take inspirations from a lot of different athletes, um, both female and male, like see what they are doing well and uh, if it's something I can learn from them in my own training or personal life and etc. Not trying to follow exactly in someone's uh, footsteps. I like to do my own thing <laughs> a lot of the times. Otherwise, generally in life, I really look up to my grandfather, Bengt. He is someone I really admire and like to spend time with. We had the same interest for art and for design and for skiing and so on so I have a close relationship too and that's someone I always admire and longing to meet. We now live for a distance from each other so now the only time where we can meet is in our cabin in Norway where um, yeah it's not that far for him for him to travel there so we can finally meet and the cabin is like right below the tree line in the mountains, so we can go on a small hike and up and see. Relaxing. So what, what do you do when you, when you don't run? What's the thing you, you like most when you're not running? Right now I'm quite busy with school and with some work. So whenever I'm not running, then is coming home, eating, rest a little bit and sleep, and then I have to do some work and, and to sketch. But I really, really like it to have something else than just running and uh, to uh, be creative and to express myself in form and color and so on that I really enjoy. And then there's of course other 
things uh, in the sport that I had to take care of. Uh, I also really like photography. I sometimes on easier runs or ski tours, I take my camera with me and take uh, a lot of photos of friends or nature and so on. So spend some time editing and doing that kind of stuff. Music is always it's a big interest, playing guitar and so on. Yeah, so do you run with music ever? Yes, I do listen to some music. Me and Abby Hall from the team who got third at UCC this year and we, we are quite similar. She's also doing UTMB this year. We made up a playlist together that we put our music in that we listen to. So now we have like a UTMB 2023 playlist okay. that we listen to every time we go out training so that we remember when we are at the start line or during the race and we listen to that. Nice. Yes. What is uh, your interest besides uh, running outdoors and mountains? The time I have left, I use it with the kids. Yeah. They are my biggest interest, I guess, now that I have them. So, yeah, when I don't do sports, I... I'm at home enjoying, you know, simple games like card games, uh, reading with the kids or taking them outside and ride the bikes uh, with them. They love riding the bikes or skiing or just playing. I think it's the basic, make, making things, yeah, life easy. And we enjoy going on the, on the short trips. You know, we have a van and we just take the, the kids in the van for a weekend and find some nice lakes or mountains to go to and, and just walk and, and ride. Very simple things, and I, I'm not looking for anything better than this. Uh, it's it's what I love. It's what we all love together. So very simple. And then I have work too. So I have to be once I've run, worked, and enjoyed time with the kids. I think it's time to sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually, the, it, there's only a f some things you can do exactly. per day. Yeah, exactly. But we have a beautiful life. I mean, you, I, I think we live in the mountains, live our our things. It's. I feel pretty lucky to being able to do this. And we love cooking too. Yeah. yeah. Do some cooking. What do you like to cook? Everything. Yeah. Vegetables mostly from the, we have a veggie garden, so no vegetables, fruits from the garden. I like cheese, of course. Yeah. yeah. Have you had some Beaufort? Yeah, we won uh, five kilos of Beaufort no cheese. Way. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think I can uh, bring everything home. <laughs> so you so, eat it before you get home? Yeah, we, we ate a lot <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So now I'm quite uh, tired of cheese. <laughs> so, but it was really good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another reason to to go to Pyramenta is to eat Beaufort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, bit different cheese from what we have in Norway. Yeah. So, what's your perfect meal in Norway? Oof, I like salmon. Mm. Salmon, salmon is uh, probably the best thing you can get in Norway. I think. We have cheese. You have salmon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure my favorite thing. Yeah, and you? I like salmon and I like, um, yeah, I'm quite a sweet tooth too. I like chocolate. Chocolate, yeah, I chocolate. Eat, I eat one block of chocolate each day. Dark, dark. or sweet? Yeah, dark. You too? Yeah, yeah, mm. always dark. Is there any other like cultural things that you really enjoy when not uh, spending time in the mountains? Do you listen to uh, music or um, movies? Any good book? Or anything. Yeah, books I mentioned, so La Longue Route, the, yeah, the, 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 the writer, sailing. the sailing, that's read it, you'd love it, I think. And then, uh, yeah, I actually started studying photography a long time ago, but I did, it didn't last. I only did one year. So when you, you say photography, I love it too. Yeah. And uh, and I actually like your, the photos you post on Instagram. I think they're very, very nice, clean, oh, very, 
and uh, but I don't do any anymore. And uh, I think listening to music is the easiest escape when you can't go out. Mm. Not in earplugs or anything. I think having the music loud, either in the car or at home, even yeah. with the kids and dancing. I, I love seeing the kids like pushing the music, up, the volume up and start dancing at home. But I'm not a musician, so I have to play it on the okay. radio. Or, so I, I wish I could play an instrument and do it for them, but not yet. You play the guitar? Yes, I play guitar. I love music. It's... Uh really big in our family and uh, for me personally as well. Do you always carry it with you when you travel? No, it's quite hard to travel around with the guitar. But I actually find a story last year when I was in Chamonix from April until the end of UTMB week. I think it was in June or July. We have a chalet that we have in the Adidas Terex team. So we live together and yeah, stayed together for three months until UTMB week. Me and my teammate Robbie Simpson, we both played the guitar and we we're like, oh, we should get a guitar. So we bought a guitar uh, online on a music store and then it was shipped to us. So we had a guitar the whole summer and then we had all the, on the team uh, sign it. And of course, I didn't want to like bring it back home on the plane. So we gave it to our team manager, Charlie, with uh, the signings of everybody in the team. So hopefully she can bring it back to Chamonix next year so we don't have to buy a new nice. one. Are you going to spend another four months in Chamonix? Uh, three months. I think I'll go there in the beginning of June again. I really love the village and the mountains around there. It's uh, good preparations for the UTMB. W what music do you like to listen to? I like many kind of music, like rock and roll. I like Radiohead a lot, an yeah. international band for sure. Some good old French music, you know, local French groups, the Tetraed. I don't know if you've heard about them. Uh, now, I, when I spend some time with my French teammate, uh, he listens to a lot of French rap. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a, quite a big thing here. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, At the moment, it, cool, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I'm not such a fan rap. I do listen to it, but it's not my favorite one. I'm more to relaxing, like folk, rock, this kind of music, a bit more relaxed. So if you could have dinner with one personality of one period, living or dead, who would it be? That's a very good question. I think I would say Bruce Springsteen. Everything he says is like poetry and I really love his song and would like to have a conversation with him for sure. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. It was a long time ago since I saw my grandfather, so I think I would also really enjoy talking to him. I think and uh, have some time as uh, what I can think about at the moment. How about you? Any personality? I like the Bruce Springsteen. He's it's good. A good on. idea. Yeah, he's he's very good. I'm kind of I've listened to Bob Dylan a lot too, uh, as well as Bob, uh, Bruce Springsteen. No, I don't think it would be. I think that guy who, like that writer, I think I'd love to go and spend a night in the mountain with him probably and see what he has to say. Or maybe he's not saying anything, but really inspiring with his books. So he's, he'd be the one Bernard Matosia would go and listen to, definitely. Three, two, one, go! So now when we know each other a little bit better, I thought that we play a small game. I will um, say uh, three sentences and one is true and two is false. Your mission is to find out which one is uh, false or wrong. Yeah, so my first is that um, 
like I said, I'm really into photography and I bought this really nice Sony R3 camera. And uh, when I was going on a hike, I slipped and it broke the camera and I only had two photos on it. The second one is that I once ran a 80 kilometer at uh, Le Templier, you know, and before the start, I realized that I had two right shoes. I took the wrong shoes, but I had to like um, borrow a left shoe from my teammate that was a little bit bigger. So it went well in the end, yeah. which was, <laughs> a, it was a long race uh, with that shoe. Uh, or the third one is uh, I do sketch a lot and uh, like draw, but I only draw with the uh, Bliant, uh, like uh, Bliage, with no color because uh, I'm really colorblind. And uh, sometimes it's quite bad when I race. Especially like a lot of races, they have red markings. And like in Piramenta, they had red and green markings. So sometimes I get lost just because of the markings. <laughs> I think the first one is right. Yeah. Yeah. That I lost, I, lost the camera. Uh, luckily, I haven't uh, done that. Yeah. Okay. So in fact, I'm super colorblind. Are you? Yeah. So uh, remember, yeah, Maxi race that we raced, they had red markings yeah. and I couldn't see it. And I just took the wrong turn. And uh, I have done that quite a few times. So to all organizers out there, you should not use red markings. It's horrible, especially like if you place it on the ground where it's green grass or in the forest or anything, it can get really bad. <laughs> and uh, always have to like stay focused to see the markings if it's not uh, like very visible and so on. So I think uh, pink is a very good color for seeing or like really bright yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Okay. That's a funny one, actually. I never yeah. thought that people could, yeah, how it could impact colorblind people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, now when I sketch or design stuff, I mostly base on the hex colors or <laughs> the color codes. <laughs> Just a funny thing. Okay, I have the same garden myself. So one true fact and two false. First one is that I designed my own snowboard with a very special dude logo on it. Second is that I got arrested in 2011 in Australia because I had the idea of snowboarding early in the morning in the middle of Sydney's street after a snowy night and drunky night. Or third, I'm the biggest soup eater on the trade running circuit. The second one, I think it's, uh, would it ever snow in Australia? It does. It, it, it does. It, I actually spent six years in, in the mountains yeah. up there and I yeah. run a lot up there in summer too. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, it didn't happen over there. It could have actually, it could have, it could really have been true. It could have, no, but it's, uh, you, I, I guess you, no, I guess you did your own snowboard then maybe. I know, no? but I just eat soup. You did a lot of soup. Yeah, I'm the biggest soup eater. <laughs> as long as it's over 70 Ks, yeah. what I'm longing for is the, you it's know, the, the food stop and the soup. Okay. It just makes me, I could start a new race every time I eat soup. Yeah. It's perfect for, I don't know, my body likes that salty, yeah. like high, very hyper-hydrating soup they give us. Usually when I get, I start feeling bad or down, I'm like, think about that soup waiting for me. And I just run through the soup, get my bowl, drink it and go again and it feels great. Okay. So you have your gummy bears, I have my soup. <laughs> <laughs> I can try uh, soup with gummy bears next yeah. time. Yeah. I have good. both actually, I yeah. have gummy bears too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And sandwiches even sometimes. <laughs> If it's a very long race. Yeah, that's amazing. UTMB has asked its community what they wanted to know about uh, you. 
so I will be the spokesperson for a few of the questions right now. Cool. So first is a question from Thibaut and he's asking, how do you combine your studies with training? Do you have any tips? Yeah, I realized that you really have to be structural in your day to, to be able to manage uh, doing both things very well. For me personally, I started studying quite late because when I was like 20, 21 and just finished gymnasium, I think I wasn't mature enough to do both things. Then I was only training and racing. That was the only thing I could concentrate on. And I think it was only later in life when I was 25 where I realized I'd, I needed something more in my life. And uh, I um, started studying and I did want to do that well and I structured my day so that I could get the training I wanted and also being able to do my schoolwork. Sometimes it's really tough and uh, I am lucky that um, the university in Norway have a good program if you're an athlete so that um, you can postpone assignments and uh, do things a little bit more uh, remote. So. Uh, yeah, I'm really lucky there that I have good professors and uh, classmates that can uh, adapt to my uh, sport. But my general tip is that you have to be very structural and eat well and sleep well, definitely. Because if you do a lot, you still need to sleep. Then you will have the energy to do, to do everything. Yeah, also. exactly. Then from Vlad, he's asking how long took you hunting the CCC victory? How long did it take between the first time you thought of it and the day it happened? I think after OCC in 2021, I had the thought of I want to really win CCC. That was my main goal and that was what I trained for. So during the whole season, I always tried to see what I needed to improve to be able to achieve my goals. I was always trying to measure or compare and see if, if I was on the right trajectory to be able to do that. And by doing smaller races, local, and also doing some races against my competitors and see where I was standing compared to them and if I needed to improve on something. I think it was not only until the last week where I did a run together with Kilian up Montpellier where I felt like, okay, I'm in good shape and I can keep up and I'm right where I want to be. Okay, now I have really done everything so that I can do it. Now I just have to go out and do it during the race. Of course, there's always stuff that can happen. So the first thing I don't, I'm not sure that I will win when I stand on the start line. Then it's just try to be focused and try to do my plan so that what I know is possible can be achieved. Then during the race, I felt so good from the start so that I knew, okay, I will have a really good chance today if I keep being concentrated and eating enough and taking care of the legs and not doing anything um, stupid or something I haven't planned. I think it was not only until the descent to Triant where I think I uh, the first thought that, okay, now I'm really, really close and I think I can really do this. I still felt really strong in the downhill and in the uphill and had good energy and had the crew teammates around the course that always cheered me on and gave me extra energy to do the thing well. I think it was around there where it's like, okay, now I will do it. It's going to happen. Yeah. 
From Daniel, do you have any motto or, or something similar? I have uh, several kind of motos or like things that I try to think about both in training and in general in life. When it comes to training, I try to really listen to the body and to when I'm able to absorb the training and when the, so I call that open body. Now my body is open for taking, to absorb the training and to be doing it well. On the other side, I have closed body when I'm not able to absorb, when I'm tired and when I'm unmotivated and so on. So I have those two kind of states where I try to distinguish if I will be able to train hard or if I need to rest. And generally in life, I think if it's not enjoyable, then I don't want to do it. I like to do what I enjoy and I want to do the stuff that gives me meaning and I don't think about what other people do and uh, to go my own path really. Enjoy the process. Nice. Now the last one is from Les Genoux dans le Gif. Have you, have you heard about them? Yes. <laughs> yes. So you expect something... I expect something crazy yeah. if it's uh, from go. them, yeah. So they ask, I'm going to take a picture out here oh, and yeah. describe it. I'm sure you know what picture it is about and they're asking how to perform a technical gesture without having pain and for these who are listening the picture i'm handing to peter is is the one where we can see his ankle being completely twisted and him just running as if almost nothing happened so how how can you actually do this without like crying in pain <laughs> oh thank you that's a very nice picture <laughs> uh yeah the i need uh i don't know actually <laughs> i think this is uh the photo that we were talking about it's um it's a very lucky photographer that took uh, that took this i actually don't remember it oh, that's really? the funny thing i didn't feel it i remember one time during the race that i maybe twisted my left foot but uh, not my right one <laughs> I think this, uh, the picture we are looking at, and this is just uh, sometimes you twist uh, your ankle a little bit and then you just roll it over, not putting fully pressure on it. And then I guess it can look like this. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's also from uh, the training with higher stack shoes and just uh, punishing my ankles. Maybe I'm not very flexible. <laughs> I, don't, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I didn't break it uh, no. the day after, uh, I think. So, uh, yeah, but thank you for the pictures. I, I will uh, set it up on, on the shelf for sure. <laughs> so the, the spring is coming closer. What is your big goal for 2023? 2023 would be another maxi race for me. I tried to do as good as you did two years ago. But the, the very big one is the I want to compete into the TDS. Yeah. It should be the first over 120 kilometers I will do. Nice. So I'll try to prepare for this and to make sure that I enjoy it as much as I can because I really want to enjoy it. Yeah. That's the big thing. It's uh, two very nice races for sure. Have you done the TDS? No, Not never. Yet? I run a little bit on the course, but uh, it looks amazing. Yeah. It goes close to Piramenta too. Yeah. Close around this area and I really want to see this. And yeah. Do you have any other plans with your family or and, uh, some travels? We have to plan some holidays with the van. Yeah. It would be around here. We have such a nice place and yeah. such nice places around here. But Norway is on the plan for, ah, yeah. we just wait we for them to there. be a bit, a bit older because it's a long way from here. 
to Norway. Yeah. It's a long drive, but uh, spending a month or two up there. And I've heard that the weather was usually crap. <laughs> so yes, we had uh, to we have to plan a long trip to make sure that we get the beautiful yeah, days. Yes. Yeah, we we get so to enjoy some beauty. Exactly. So that we don't miss the two weeks of summer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there we are right there. Yeah, and the and the right timing. And and then what about you? Like your next milestone for twenty twenty three? Yeah, I will go to Ultra Trail Madeira in the start of the season. So have a very long race in the start of the season. How long is this? One hundred fifteen. So it will be my longest race so far and uh, yeah, really looking forward to that and to see how I will um, perform during the night and to have that experience. Then I will go home to Norway and hopefully ski a little bit in May. It looks like there's a lot of snow there now so that will be nice. And then I will uh, come down to Chamonix again and uh, do uh, some scouting for the UTMB course and hopefully climb the Mont Blanc and uh, do some uh, mountaineering stuff. Hopefully Mont Blanc will be opened Yeah, this hopefully, year. yeah, uh, fingers crossed. And uh, then this just um, preparations for UTMB. I have uh, also planned to do Eiger by UTMB, the 51K. So that will be uh, like uh, my last race before the actual UTMB. The big one. Yeah. And then uh, the fall I haven't planned so much yet. I just want to get through the summer and uh, just focus on uh, TMB and then we will see. And longer term, like when you grow up, I would say. <laughs> when I grow up, <laughs> what do uh, you want to do? Hopefully, I'm a, uh, I'm I'm 28, so I'm <laughs> half half the way there, maybe. But uh, I'm studying design now, and I think that is what I would like to do in the future. If it's within the sport industry, I don't know. I don't think so. I would like to do something else within design. Uh, we we'll see. It changes from. Uh, week to week yeah. almost and uh, but I think I will do sports for a long time and uh, trail running is a sport that you can do for a very long time I think and it's always new races new adventures and I'm looking forward to doing that for a long time I think I also have a personal goal to build my own house in Norway or at least draw it I'm <laughs> really into architecture so, um, yeah, that is a life goal that I have. And for you? Around the world with the kids one day. Yeah? Yeah. Any special, like, place or just... Probably, I think, I really want to go to Nepal. Yeah. Like, spend a bit yeah, of me time too. with them in Nepal. Yeah. And New Zealand, because I've done a lot in Australia, but not New Zealand. So these two places for sure, in the bucket list with them. But, yeah, take some time to do it and time to travel. Yeah. So this would be, yeah, that would be great if we could achieve this. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was very nice meeting you. Yeah, thank you. So, and I'm sure we'll meet again. Yes. Yeah, at sure. UTMB then. Yeah. You'll be there. Exactly. When I arrive, and I'll be there when you arrive. I'm yeah. sure. And I will be around the area the whole summer, so yeah. let's catch up and yeah. do a run together. That would be amazing. With pleasure. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you a call. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this moment and found some inspiration to get out on the trail paths. If you did, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with a friend, a colleague, or someone you just crossed paths with. If you don't want to miss the next episode, subscribe to the podcast and follow at UTMB World Series on social media. We will be back next month for a new extraordinary meetup. Stay tuned. <laughs>